Hello and welcome to the Fen and Chat Hour. I'm producer Dave and we're joined by our usual co-host Amanda Carlin. Hello producer Dave. Hello Amanda. Today is Thursday, it's the 14th of May and it is episode 20 and it's the last show. We're going to have time on our hands, David. Oh, no, we won't. We've got work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what are we going to do <laughs> with all this time? So, yes, I mean, that's, you know, we've talked about it without going over it too much. But, yes, we're life is um, slowly returning to normal. And just giving up the time to, to do this on twice a week has, has got to the point where it's, it's no longer feasible. And we feel that it's kind of served a, a purpose. It's served its role through the lockdown. Um, and things have changed. We're now sort of coming out of lockdown. The world has changed. People's um, attitudes to lockdown has changed. So we've kind of feel that we've done what we need to do in this current format. Um, I think we would have to change the format to uh, to something different if we were to carry on. Uh, but we've kind of done what we said we were going to do, and this is the end of the road for it. Yes. So this is the last Ed show. We have an interview with Julia Sinclair Brown, who is a bereavement coach. Uh, so you'll hear a bit of that on the show, and then you will hear episode twenty-one, which will be the sh- the full episode. Uh, which will be tomorrow that's probably six o'clock um that will be released to the world uh definitely worth worth a listen because it covers a lot of the things that we've uh dealt with over the over the weeks and that's part of the the questions that i asked were a lot of them were actually derived from the topics that we'd come across so there's some useful answers in there regarding um bosses employees um employers going um bringing people back into work and and how to to deal with um loss at this time from people who who are or families who are going through um covid covid losses so it's all all useful stuff and some lots of information that's changed as well because even even julia was saying that you know things have been updated in the last um, month or so uh, new rules yeah. and regulations for for funerals and and mm-hmm. um, rules and regulations and stuff. So lots of useful information in that. So definitely give that a listen. Yes, that sounds very interesting. It is. It, it was an interesting talk, and yeah, I was certainly yeah certainly recommend it. Um. So what we're going to do slightly change of order today so we're just going to do a shorter news and we're going to do all the news uh, and round up at the start um first one is the self-assessment applications portal is now open or it has been open for a while but it's now been updated so now you can actually uh, put in your links so you can go on there and have a look at whether you qualify for the self-assessment um grants uh or and then how to actually go through it so it gives you a list of all the information that you need looks fairly straightforward it's something i'm going to be doing tomorrow when i've got a chance um so yeah that's that's up and running um just also at the top of my head as furlough has been extended until october so that's good news on that um what also did find was quite interesting is in Hong Kong they did a study on pass- the effects of coronavirus and passing and what they've done is they created well they used a restaurant scenario uh they had actors cooking and and eating and and being customers and staff and then they had one person go in with paint, um, like a, a, an ultraviolet paint, which was the effectively the bacteria, the, the, the COVID um, bacteria. And then they allowed the, the evening to progress. Um, and they then went off and shut off all the lights and got the UV lights out. And they can, you can see where um, contamination has happened. 
and they're saying just one person has basically affected so much and it depends on where about in the chain that person is um you know so it's passed on to glasses it's onto other people onto food and to surfaces and stuff and that's been quite enlightening and it's they're, they're so desperate to try and make people aware that how um infectious and how far people can spread just by contamination by touch by transmission uh, just by touching surfaces and things and that's not even including the airborne stuff that's not even looking at you know sneezing coughing this is just basically transmission through through touch scary isn't it it is um but that's all the news of interest for me have you got anything um yes thank you um Finland District Council are calling landlords to help bus sleepers um, who are presently in emergency housing. Um, they want to move them out of the emergency housing into permanent housing during the pandemic. So if you have got a property available, Finland District Council would like to hear from you. Okay. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs about payment, but I know that the district council would be covering the payments. Okay, that's that's good to know that they're going to be supporting it. Yeah. Right. Next, we'll go. Is that everything news? Uh, that's everything for news. Do you want me to do my rural roundups? Yeah, we'll do. As we'll do all that together. Do all of it together. Okay. So, a rural roundup. A Doddington resident this is very sad david okay. they suddenly um lost their lively dog um a couple of days ago within 12 hours um the the little dog was poorly from the very early hours of the morning was vomiting for several hours and then started to pass blood so um the owners took their pet to the emergency vet um who've who thought it was a severe case of viral gastroenteritis and yeah. they did think that um, the pet could be saved, but sadly not. Um, and the pet's final thoughts were that the dog may have picked something up walking along um, or perhaps drank some dirty water. So the owners have put a message out um, saying... You know, please watch out for your animals. You don't want to be in the same situation as us. Try and stop your animals from sniffing and licking as you take them on walks. Yeah. They do automatically do that, don't they? They just stop in the middle of the pavement. <laughs> yeah, and it depends on how big and strong the dog is. Exactly. Whether you can stop them doing that. But it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think I think dogs are having a pretty hard time right now, really, because when you take them... For a walk and they see somebody they know they want to run up to them and give them a hug yeah you know it's it's ever so hard for them really right now yeah it's definitely uh, confusing for for a lot of animals because it's something that you just can't explain to them yeah yeah it is isn't it and and they're naturally tactile most animals aren't they um life in lockdown going to life in lockdown wimblington and stony um they've got a working and volunteering page and they've sourced lots of um work that can be carried out from home but they've got some really good roles from price waterhouse coopers um metro bank whole loads of places so it's worth having a look if you're looking for new work and you want to work from home to keep safe oh brilliant That's... um and next Thursday, the 21st of May, there will be a large convoy of lorries leaving Jack's oh, in yeah. Chatham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at 6 p.m. And they'll be travelling through. Now, I don't quite understand this route because it says here they'll be travelling through Doddington, Wimblington, Bennick, Ramsey, Fortyfoot, Ramsey, Ramsey, Mearside, Whittlesey, and then going on to Peterborough Hospital. I don't understand why they'd be coming to Wimblington, to be honest, because I can work out in. the road. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? But anyway, um, that's 
that's what it says. And, and the intention is that they'll be going to Peterborough Hospital ready for the National Clap for Carers. And there's more information on the NHS Truckers Facebook page. And the truckers would like to be waved at as they go by, if you see them. They are also key workers and they're doing a really good job keeping us all fed and warm at this difficult time. Um, and I think that's my news, so David. That's, that's tonight then, is it? No, that will be next, next Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Yes, the 21st, yeah. Well, I think I'll certainly make make myself over there and, and go and have a look at all the trucks. It'd be great, won't it? It'd be great to see it. Are you going to take your camera? I will do, yes. I will try and film it. Some photos, yes. Yeah, I definitely do that. <laughs> so, Thank you. Well, as soon as I can walk there, it's... Uh, <laughs> keep, keep... Oh, do you use the underpass? Well, I can do, yeah. It's it's uh, it's quite short. You're right. Yeah, that's good. I tend not to. I tend to drive there because by the time you've got your shopping, it's too heavy to carry. <laughs> well, that is a good point. Yeah, because you wouldn't go for just one or two items, would no, you? No, no. Certainly not at the moment. No. So, okay, that's that's the, the news and roundup. Um, now, looking at the stats, I thought... Right, the, the the daily stats for today is number of cases. Well, well, in the number of cases in the world, it's it's just coming up to four and a half million. Uh, number of UK cases is two hundred and twenty nine thousand seven hundred and five, and the total of deaths so far is thirty three thousand one hundred and eighty six. And just to compare that to the next stadium, um, which we normally do is Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, yeah, Cardiff City Football Club, uh, which has a capacity of 33,280. So, yeah, it's... But what I did was I went back to the first episode and had a, had a, a listen back this morning um, just to see how it's changed from what we've done um, our, our first attempts at broadcasting, um, but just <laughs> just comparing the figures, you know, the the number of cases then was at nineteen thousand eight hundred and forty, and the number of deaths was one thousand nine hundred and five. And we thought at the time, you know, that that was a lot. So thirty thirty one thousand deaths have have occurred since since then. Shocking. Yeah. That really uh, does put it into perspective, don't it? Doesn't it? 209,000 cases since then. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite sobering when you see how much it's changed. And our first episode was aired on the 27th of March. So that's... I mean, proportionally seven, seven wise... Seven weeks now. Yes, yeah, and proportionally wise, we we have got a lot of cases, haven't we? Yeah. Really? That's... Wow. It's really shocking. And also, at the, the beginning then, they were only testing hospital cases. Yeah. Because it hadn't really affected... Well, I, I don't think it actually got to... I don't know how much it had actually started affecting care homes, but obviously that then became a bigger part as the the months went on. Um, it did become a, a bigger part of the, the st statistics. Um, so okay, so yeah, that's that's um, how the stats have changed. Um, now, next we would ask what Doris would do, but Doris has been busy. She's um, been reviewing. <laughs> The, photo, the pictures that have been done for the, the art competition. We had we had some lovely entries. They were wonderful. And we made Doris's day. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, Gail had a really tough job in judging. Yeah. 
Um, so we're going to put the winning, winning pictures up, are we, David, on the social media pages? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put them up, and we'll, we'll probably include the the, the top the, the top three, well, the, the, the winners of each um, on the on this video as well, which oh, should be perfect. should be appearing about now, just like magic. <laughs> so, so uh, the sunshine one, the the little little one, not ten years. Yeah. Gail thought um, looked like uh, the sun, and that reminded her of Doris because she's a ray of sunshine. That's brilliant. Brilliant, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But a lot of hard work gone into them. Yeah. I mean, they're not just stick drawings. No, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the, the other the other two. They are quite impressive. Yeah. But I thought, oh, we'll get a stick. It's my <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> well, that's what my entry would have been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mine too. So... <laughs> Uh, because because we've got um, children that have put, submitted, um, we won't give give names or locations out. We but might the, just refer. Women, we might refer to the first name only. Yes. Yes. We we can and, do that. Yes, and the winners have been notified, and they're very happy to have been chosen. Well, thank you for for Doris for for being such an inspiration thank you for gail for for sorting out the competition and judging um thank you for everyone who submitted the pictures and uh, we'll look forward to to seeing all the results all the um the, the finalists yes which should be sort of up here somewhere <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe and look for pictures up there <laughs> Isn't that the thing? You sort of you're supposed to sort of point at part of the screen and yeah. say like and subscribe and thing, all the usual good stuff, which we haven't done. I feel like an air hostess. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you start getting bits dropping down for the ceiling as well. Yeah. Fenland Airlines. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Fen Fenair. That's what we want. Fenair. Fenair. There's, yes, there's, there's an idea for someone. <laughs> well, I did see a fake advert the other day, one of these um, clickbait adverts, and it, it came up and it said, oh, do you, do you know sort of the amazing costs or low prices will amaze you at, hunt, uh, at private jets at Huntington Airport? I went, Huntington Airport? We haven't even got to Huntington Airport, so how can we? <laughs> it was like, what amazing deals are these then? Are they? <laughs> but it shows that... You know, they they take a, a, a concept advert and then they just change it to whatever location is near you. <laughs> so it doesn't actually take into account the fact that there isn't actually anything there. <laughs> so always always be aware of what you're clicking onto. Yes, that's a good that's a good lesson. So next, we're going to go on to a, a segment or of interview. Uh, the interview today is with Julia Sinclair Brown, the bereavement coach. Um, so we'll do a snippet of the interview and we'll have the full interview tomorrow. So we'll hand over to Julia Sinclair Brown now. Hi, this is Vernon Chatter, and today we're talking to Julia Sinclair Brown. How are you today? Hi, hi there, um, David. Yeah, I'm Julia Sinclair Brown, and I'm bereavement coach and trainer. Yeah, it's lovely to to hear from you, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll learn all about a lot about you and your your, your project and your coursework. Um, so, can you can you just give us uh, just tell us you know, who you are and, and a bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, well, I've had a, a mixed bag sort of background. Um, I, I started out um, originally in working in the in the holistic field. Um, I, I qualified as a as a counsellor, therapist, and sort of went down that therapeutic um, line of work. But then moved into more corporate business setting and worked in HR, learning and development, training. Um, and, and my life sort of changed a bit, particularly when I left London. I had a son and I started working from home as a career coach. And it was during this time when my son was actually very young that um, I started to lose close family members. It was a five-year period where 
um, I just had a series of bereavements. It was a really, really difficult time for me. And I recognised that I wasn't coping. After trying to ignore it, I, I recognised that I really had to address it. And I and I did, and I started therapy for myself and really went on a journey of healing, I would say, from grief. And um, I, I sort of carried on and, 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 and felt at this time that maybe there was something I wanted to do in this field of supporting others who've been through grief but I actually pushed that away for quite a long time and just carried on with my career work and then it was only a couple of years ago when my dad actually became very ill had a, had a serious fall and I had some time off and I started writing what was to originally be a book but it then became a course I decided I, I was going to write a course um, in bereavement where I could support people with something that they could do in their own time at home um, to help them through the early days, weeks, months when grief can be, well, when it's so raw, it's so painful, and when we probably then need the most help. Um, and so I've been working on that course and um, very excited that that'll be coming out later on this year. Um, in the meantime, I also set up my business Evolvida, where I offer one-to-one -one bereavement therapy, um, coaching style to my clients and actually i have to say in this period of lockdown i've also taken a bit of time out to reflect on what i want to do next with my businesses whether i want to carry on doing the one-to-ones or take it in a different um avenue and something that really has expired for me uh, and i've done quite a bit of research on this has been that i think a lot of employers are struggling to know how to deal with people who are bereaved and and what highlighted that has been the pandemic and there is more grief and loss around in, in a more i mean that and also in, a, in a, a generic way besides bereavement itself but um speaking to people doing some research i realized i think there's a real gap and whilst lots of employers are really um, understanding the benefits of good mental health now in the workplace and seeing the importance of keeping their staff well I still think there's not enough around the area of grief. Um, and that's probably because, well, it, I'd say largely we are in a grief-averse culture. People don't like to talk about it. So when it happens, nobody really knows how to handle it. So I've decided that I think that is something that will be very much needed by employers, not just because of the pandemic, but I think there's been this gap for a long time. And it's so this period of lockdowns made me think about that more and how I can help those employers with, with staff who are may, maybe bereaved from from covid but also just in, in life anyway we're all gonna we're all gonna face loss at some point and i think because i've got my hr training coaching background i felt like i could put all of that together and um, build that other branch into my business so that's currently where i'm at with um with my work just following on from that sort of coming back to work um do you have advice for for businesses on you know how to um, gradually get employees back to work? Obviously, when so all the the restrictions been lifted, um, for advice for employers, how they would actually bring people back in because it's not going to be something that's straightforward. You can't just let everyone return. I know they're talking about having um, staggered. Um, shifts and things like overlapping so that not everybody's back at the same time and 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 sort of bringing people slowly back into into the office yeah i mean absolutely i mean I, and i think that's going to be very much governed by the rules that um our, our government are now deciding upon and we, we, we will hear more about that very shortly um so i think the safety issues are the primary concern and, and rightly they should be about keeping keeping people safe at work. So I think whatever instructions your employer has about that, or, sorry, from, from the employer's perspective, yeah, you, you've got to follow what the advice is on keeping people as safe as possible. Uh, speaking from, so that's on a practical level, from an emotional level, what I would say to employers though is, um, for, for people that are returning, so you could, almost compare what's happened in the world right now to some kind of a trauma for many people this is something that we've never ever experienced before and 
who knows we'll ever experience it again in our lifetime but none of us have actually been ready or equipped for this so mm. i think there is an emotional aspect of this that will affect employees and i think um employers should give people a space to talk and, and i think whether the people have been bereaved or they've just been as i say partly traumatized from all of this i think there should be opportunities for people's um voices to be heard for some well-being type of meetings just to check in on people see how they're doing does anyone need any extra support what can that employer put in place just you need to the, the employers need to make sure that their teams are are okay and uh, as much as can be uh, besides the, the practical uh, aspects of looking after them I, I i do think there is a responsibility towards their emotional well-being so i would say yeah make sure there are forums or some kind of way of allowing people to express how they've been feeling in lockdown and express how they feel also about returning to the workplace as well yeah thank you very much it's, it's been wonderful to listen to you um and hopefully people can take some something from there you know, there's, there's a lot of information um they can come and find you on your your website and facebook pages as well and you've got courses that you've got lined up as well so you've got lots of um stuff out there now and a lot of stuff to come um so we'll, we'll put put links onto your, your facebook page um with this as well so they can find you but it's been been lovely to talk to you likewise david really enjoyable thank you so much for having me on your podcast it's been um yeah great to to be able to talk about my work and uh, because i have felt right now it's uh, it's been pertinent actually and i have that's why i sort of felt a need to get writing straight away and there's so much i wanted to say about it so thank you very much for the opportunity really well, appreciated all the best with the course and we'll talk to you soon thank you thanks david Take thank care. you very much bye bye, bye. Thank you very much to Julia Sinclair Brown for that wonderful, well, just an excerpt of the the interview, and you can hear the the rest of the amazing interview uh, tomorrow at uh, or Friday at six o'clock. But we also like to give a, a big thank out thanks out to all the others who have participated over the, over the weeks. Uh, big thank you to Johnny D who allowed us to use his his lockdown video in episode one. Um, we had an interview with local artist Richard Savage in episode two. We had chats with uh, Andrew Car Callahan um, and his daughter Maddie, uh, who are part of Echo Company, and they talked about um, fire and cooking and, and all good stuff like that. Uh, episode fourteen, we had a chat with Jody about um, films that are planned for next year to do with uh, migrants and gangmasters. Uh, we had an amazing chat with Asa French about the work that they're doing to uh, provide scrubs and masks for the NHS. We've had a really positive response from the uh, interview with Tilly Rose, uh, the local textile artist and author, and that's that's been really good. Uh, that was an excellent, uh, wonderful um, interview with there. Um, and and Julia's, which you'll hear tomorrow. So thank you to everyone who's taken part and volunteered the time to to sit <laughs> sit on the end of the phone for an hour and and just gabble on and and just answer all all my questions. So yeah, big thanks you to everyone that's taken part with them. That's a lot of interviews, isn't it? When you when you list them like that, when you think off the top of your head, you think, oh. We had some interviews, but we've had lots of interviews and they were all really good. Yeah, and we had possible lined up for about three or four more as yeah. well, which were on the card. So it, sadly, we won't be able to, to hear all of them um, to get around to talking to them all. But, you know, we were going to talk to Skylarks and, and Ravenswood and a couple of other places as well, which were, had shown an interest as well. So apologies, apologies to them for, for not getting around to... Uh, or being around so we can actually uh, to do it yeah so what have we done I thought it would be interesting just to go back over the episodes that we've done um, and just see what we did um, and how things have changed now I actually listened to the, the first episode 
from back on the 27th and apart from being so excruciating <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was interesting to see how far we've come yes uh, we, we have changed our style quite a bit we kind of we were kind of feeling our way through the the show uh, because we just didn't know what we were doing so it was it was a it was a pilot episode and we just went for it but it's interesting how much hasn't changed with the main format hasn't changed too much we've included no. an extra couple of bits but in that one we were talking about um um we had the video from john divine we had um, we had difficulty trying to fill one hour, which was, <laughs> which was quite interesting because now we're trying to cut it back to one hour. So we, it was the first mention of Captain Tom. Oh yes, he was actually just starting his hundred laps, and that was yeah. just come to the news. So that was interesting. Um, Boris had just been tested positive for oh, coronavirus, yeah. and. Um, we talked about Skylarks and how they were changing um, what they did because um, they were having to obviously with lockdown they had, like many other companies they were having to change how they were, were dealing with customers um, and also we put a warning out for sort of um, difficult customer difficult companies you know and their approach to dealing with staff and um, employees and customers as well um, and how people remember them Yes, absolutely. So the first few f few episodes, we did three episodes a week, and then we went down to two. Uh, the second episode, we we focused mainly on sort of how comparing how this was very much like the Second World War, and and how we'd go back to uh, digging for victory, you know, turning over the garden, and you know, if if this lockdown had carried on, and food was in s such short supplies. Yes, but, it was, wasn't it? we were going to have to start um, cut, digging over the garden and, and using yeah. using it to grow crops. But you can still do that anyway. You know, it's all part of part of learning. I mean, kids are going to be out of school probably, well, most of them are going to be out until the end of end of um, August, September time anyway. So you might as well use the summer to, to learn um, gardening as one of the, the homeschooling uh, lessons. That's a good idea. In episode three, we had the great Easter egg debate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's right, because some people were having a go if people bought Easter eggs because they're not essentials, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. <laughs> well, they most definitely are essential. They're essential in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you try and explain to a, a five-year-old why they can't have a, an Easter egg. You know, no, loan a five-year-old. Try and explain <laughs> for a 50-plus-year-old woman. <laughs> I can empathise. <laughs> and the um, the care packages started being delivered to uh, the people who are vulnerable and uh, stuck yes. indoors. So. Episode four was... Um, the announcement of the 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 comet, and I can't remember off the top of my head what comet was called. Hang on, do I still have it? That was episode four. Now that was, it was kind of uh, disappointing because it was supposed to be the big thing and everyone was going to be able to see it and, and with the yeah. and then it kind of broke up. Yeah. And it wasn't as dramatic as the Starlink. Was it? No. I can't remember what it's called either. Just having back through my notes, just seeing if I'd got it written down. Oh, Atlas, that was it. Comet Atlas. Oh, yes. So, yeah, that was supposed to be it. It then broke up into four pieces and then just faded away. So we we kind of lost that in April. That was going to be the big bright thing. It was going to be as bright as Venus, apparently. So. Oh, so yeah, that that faded off. Um, I can't remember if we actually looked at um, Starlink sat uh, satellites, but it was a bit later on. But that was a time when 
all the lights and everything was in the right position so that they were being illuminated uh, for for a week and everyone could go and see it well that funny enough that's what's happening this week as well this this next week is going to be um a good time to see the the starlink satellites going over so you'll start seeing the trails again um and we've got clear sky at the moment for the next couple of days it's a good time to have a look episode five we had um doris had her fall yes of course she's feeling a lot better now is she more mobile yes yes she is thank you um and then we looked at tigers who had caught coronavirus in the bronx zoo um, we haven't heard much about those since, have we? No, uh, it was, that was one of the things I was going to mention. Is like we've that's kind of gone very, very quiet. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just how. First of all, there was, at the time we were talking about there was lots of issue with fake news. Um, I'm assuming that this was the case, but I suppose if the 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 cats are being quarantined and there's no people going to the zoos then it's not an issue and uh either it's passed like everybody else they would have just felt like rubbish for a, a couple of weeks and um it's it's then departed from the body and and they've they've carried on so i suppose if there's no other further transmission then yeah there would be no no further news to the story be interesting to look that up actually mm. And um, I think I think the thing is that the most news that comes out of America at the moment is very centred around their president, isn't it? Yeah. Really. I mean, Which... Yeah, I mean, he had a, another meltdown a couple of days ago um, where he started attacking, verbally uh, abusing the, the journalists mm. and with a, a racist bias. Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking, why, why are the press still going there? Why are they turning up to his press conferences? But CNN were out for blood, you know, because he was having a go at, at the CNN reporters as well as the CBS reporters, and and this, they just, <laughs> it was quite funny because they just went, well, here's a tape we've got of him verbally abusing females on so on media. And they just reeled this five-minute video of him just being obnoxious and insulting. <laughs> so that was that was uh, interesting. You know something, David. We have to put our trust in the American people mm. clearly. But I'm going to go out there and say it: if he wins an election, it will be a travesty. He's he can't. We can't, we can't have this anymore. It's not just America it's that has everybody. to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was actually listening to a podcast last night and they were talking about whether they would actually move the, the American election um, and also how they would go about it, whether they would use postal votes or you know, the, the problems that that brings. I mean, I, I, we've, we've cancelled our local elections this year to next year. Um but obviously, they, but the, the thing is, with American elections, they take two years to to organise. So it's not something you can just stop and and move and change and or just just shift slightly. It's, so I can imagine it's. I, I don't know what they're going to do. No, I, I do wonder at what point um, Donald Trump might come to realise that his supporters believe in every word that he says, he could actually lose a lot of support. Mm. Because, you know, if those people aren't socially distancing and if they aren't staying home when they should, they're going to be the ones that become poorly, unfortunately. Yeah. What gets me is that he is trying to run the country like a business. Yes, he is, isn't he? He's actually trying to have deal the 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 people of America are his employees. Yes, he's actually trying to yeah. run it like staff, um, and that that's what he's trying to do. So he's trying to get everyone who's like, "Oh, can't I be just sat around doing nothing?" You know, I, I want you to be back working and and getting the economy going. 
you know so he's got that business approach to the country and it's a case of you know households you you are employees you should be back out employing getting getting back to work yes yes yeah. so. I, I i don't know i don't know what will be the end there so episode six we had the first talks about um being furloughed yes <laughs> and we had lots of breaches of lockdown that was lots of that was going on uh, episode seven was the interview with echo company um eight was the start of council meetings and for the reintroduction of council meetings and the start of pet food deliveries by local vets Yes, I remember that now. Episode nine was the the results from the great car wash debate. Yes. Which everyone thought you should, which was interesting. Everyone thought that we should wash the cars on the street, on the on our gardens, on the street. Yeah. Um, there was a call out to try and remind people not to use Chinese lanterns. For, um, yes. for the NHS and Captain Tom Moore uh, had just reached 6 million had he? yeah that's amazing and that was the six... didn't he do well? it was yeah that was the 16th of April then right so episode 10 um, we had been in the Cam's Times We'd, got, had our, we'd just had our write-up on there. Um, Captain Tom had raised eighteen million, and the business grants for um, those who have business rates, small small business rates, and rural rates um, could apply for small grants. Um, eleven, episode eleven, the furlough scheme uh, claims for furlough was open. Um, we talked about the cl the calling for migrant workers to work in the fields, to basically the reintroduction of the land army, and more support for for key workers like posties and um, bin. Oh yes, oh, yes, yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? All these things have happened. Yeah, it is quite a sort of quite. I mean, when I actually look at what's what's happened when you go on. Episode twelve was um, ducks. Yeah, that was what what's um, what's happening to our ducks in lockdown. Who's, I don't remember that. Who's feeding the ducks? <laughs> That's right. I do remember. <laughs> I did actually go and have a have a look, and funny enough, um, a guy had the uh, the week before had been fined uh, one hundred and fifty pounds for feeding the ducks. Had day. Yeah. So that was interesting. That was. Um, and he going to pay it well he 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 has challenged it yeah it's unnecessary. um i think you should you should speak to the rspca about it yeah i do that's it that seems like an awful lot of money yeah wasn't really doing anything wrong and i mean are there were there signs up to say that the ducks shouldn't be fed It was might have been because he wasn't exercising. I don't know. <laughs> I would have. To. Oh, it's one of those. Well, I don't. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Oh. Ah. Yeah. This is very interesting, David. Um, the Wisbeach Lloyd Bank had closed. Yes, because it been Well, it's now. It's now open again. If you if you weren't aware, it is now back up and open again. But it's only open from ten a.m. till two p.m. So they've got reduced hours. So um, you're also having to queue, I should think, there as well, aren't you? Yeah. Mm. Certainly with, with the um, certainly with the March Lloyds, they it's one in, one out. Yeah. Oh dear. I don't, I don't know if you'd um, be able to get in and out of the bank with a queue and 
Well, I certainly... It was shorter the second time I went. The first time it was down the street and I, I didn't even bother. The second time I went, there was about eight or nine people in the queue and we got there in about 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. But as we did point out, um, if you are going, uh, make sure you've got appropriate uh, warm weather gear or appropriate footwear. If you're going to be standing there for 40, 50 an hour, um, make sure you've got something that's either warm and comfortable. Yeah. Um, episode 13, Boris was back in charge. Um, and COVID testing has started taking place in Peterborough showgrounds, East of England showgrounds. Oh, yes. And so that's, that's the day that Boris was back at work. Yeah, that was, that was when he, he returned. He hasn't done badly after his recovery because you know when when you speak to people who have recovered they're not they haven't got the energy they used to have yeah and here you see him in pmqs he's he's commanding his seat isn't he he's, he seems to be doing a good job considering everything he's been through yeah i think having that extra time away uh, yeah. has, has helped because a lot of people are, are going through having to be rehabilitated and actually going through physical um, rehabilitation they're having to learn how to breathe again they're having to learn how to walk uh, and to eat and speak and stuff catching they're doing catching ball exercises just to try and get the body because if those who have been on on the ventilator for a couple of weeks you know their whole body has basically atrophied so there's you know they've had machines to breathe and do everything for them. So just breathing again is such a, a big, big thing. And then there's also potential damage to the lungs as well. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And the last thing from that day was um, people being fined for fishing because fishing's not an exercise. That was the, 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 the people down at um, Meeple, the fishing lake. <laughs> yeah, if there's a loophole, people were finding them, weren't they? Well, they were trying to. They didn't. It wasn't a loophole because they got caught. <laughs> but you can oh, go fishing now. That is one of the... Yes. As long as you, if you go with your family, you can fish. You can sit basketball, golf, tennis and fishing are now back on the, on the menu. <laughs> Um, Very strange sports, basketball. Because it's non-contact. Yeah. But then you've got yeah. to think, as long as your you hands are clean, as long as your hands are clean, I suppose. I wouldn't fancy basketball right now. I could do golf. Yeah, because you're, you're not catching the ball. You're not passing the ball to someone no. else. No. Okay, episode 14 um, was Captain Tom's birthday. Oh, 13th of April. Yeah, and, but however, <laughs> he was then made an honorary colonel. Amazing. Uh, and then, uh, that's so amazing. It was. And something like 30, <laughs> was it 30 million? Yeah, he ended up breaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and FDC, Fenner District Council, started going live with broadcasts of their planning meetings. Yeah. So that must have been a Wednesday then, because the planning meetings are on a Wednesday. Or did we announce it? I think we'd, we'd announced it, so that was the Thursday, so that was probably the day after. Yeah, it was the day after. May the 6th. They started on May the 6th, I remember now. Yeah. It's all coming back to me, David. <laughs> uh, episode 16 was the interview with Asa French, which was about the, the NHS work. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, it was a lovely one. Mm. 17 was um, what to do if you hear migrants in trucks. What was to do with the um, the transportation of, of migrants into the area and what to do and how to deal with it if you suspect um, people being shipped, um, which is basically just phone 999, uh, but take as many details as you can. That's been really good. Now, do you want to know how many we've listeners we've had so far total yeah. Um, yeah. well 
you. Just going through all the figures, we've had 586. And that's across all the platforms. Right. Wow. So that's that's for 20, well, 19 episodes so far. That's good. So really pleased with that. Really pleased yeah. with, with how popular. And it's still going up. You know, these, these people are still going back and listening to all their episodes. Um, we've now got... Yes. We've now got listeners in Chile, in Santiago. Have we? Yeah. <laughs> They've listened to a couple episodes, and we've, say, we've got, uh, someone's listened to a couple episodes in Ukraine. Yes, I, I find this amazing. It shows what kind of global, global reach that we yeah. have. You know, the fact that they've just listened once and you think, okay, they've just stumbled across it. But then to listen for a second one, I think, you know, it's like, yeah, thanks. You know, thank you very much for, for actually making the effort to, to find another one. Are we still being listened to in Virginia? Yes, we are. That's amazing. They're usually one of the first people to listen to the show because I think they're, because it's obviously still daytime. Yeah. Um, by the time we actually um, launch the show, it's near near enough midnight anyway. So, but, but to or them, time we're getting up. Yeah, but for for them, it's it's in the afternoon. So it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, So it's obviously arriving just at the right time for them. But yeah, they've, they've yeah. been a avid avid listeners, and we would like to thank thank those in in Virginia and those in San Francisco as well. Um, oh yes, and yes. Huntington, I think, is still the top. In the the leaderboard, you know, thank you to people in March, Towers Beach, um, Ramsey, Thrapston, you know, all these places around Fenland. You know, it, it's been nice that it's been well supported by people. Oh, and Chatteris as well, and Fen and Doddington and Kings Lynn, Kings Lynn, um, Wimbledon as well, Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you for everyone that's that's taken part, uh, given up the time because it's a lot to sit and and go through an hour long program. And I know not everyone has has watched all of it, um, just because it's either not right for them or it's it's a lot to to give up that time to actually to listen. So, but we thank everyone who has given their time to actually take part and and either contribute or or, or just hopefully enjoyed what we've 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 had to say yeah yes thank you everybody we've got 41 people who are on the group the fenon chat yeah which is brilliant (laughs) 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 which is just amazing that people still are just joining in and and being part of it Um, we'll still put stuff on there as as and when we find stuff you know feel free to leave how did that happen? We had five people we knew would listen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you to everybody who supported us over the last few weeks. Um, we've really enjoyed doing this. Yes. We've had a lot of laughs. Um, sadly, we don't have a montage. No. I, I just don't have the time to put a montage together of all the best bits. Um, but yeah. We've we've had a, a really good time doing this, and we, we've now decided that it's time is right to, to finish and, and go off and, and do some proper work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, we have timed it well actually coming out of lockdown because mm. we are we are getting busy now, aren't we? So yeah, we do need the time back. Yeah, we do. Um, but this channel's not going to end. Um, it's going to transition over to the Fenland Films Initiative, um, which is part the the umbrella group that um, that myself and Jody were talking about. Um, so we will then have the opportunity for people who are creating podcasts in the region who want to have a, another outlet for um, putting stuff out. Yes. And we've yes. been approached by someone who ha- yeah. wants to start up their own podcast as well. So, uh, off the off the news article that we had in the Camus Times. Yes. So that's amazing, isn't it? It is, and it's great that 
people want to be involved and it's given the inspiration to other people to actually take this up and, and give it a go yes it is I mean, we've, we've said, you know, we've learnt, learnt a lot and we'll quite happily um, give our knowledge and experience to, to other people so at least they can get started and, um, and do talk about stuff that's passionate to them. So it's... But we are looking, um, myself, to, to actually do some other, other projects which will appear, mm. um, which are podcast-based and will appear from time to time in in this podcast so there will be stuff in the future so it won't be the chat but there'll be other other bits and pieces that will drop in sounds wonderful david so we can't can't leave them leaving them uh, waiting no no and you've got a platform and you've got a formula that you know works whilst we're in lockdown as well yeah which is good so if we do end up um, being locked down again if we do get yeah. a second wave and we do have um, we are complete you know in China when they were locked down they physically were locked down they actually had the doors yeah. welded shut in their yeah. apartment blocks you know hopefully we will never get to that point in this country I really hope not but if we do then we know this works so we could help again, couldn't we? I mean, that was the intention, wasn't it? Yeah. To help during lockdown. And that's what we wanted to do. And it was our way of volunteering our time to help people. We just didn't realise that we'd be <laughs> very busy. <laughs> well, hopefully in the next three months or so, maybe, we'll have another, we'll actually have a live show. So the intention will be to do a maybe a couple of guests and we will actually be in the same place and we'll actually do really a proper a proper uh, a roundup uh, podcast um is it worth seeing if we can sort of make proposals sort of predictions of what might happen before then and then we can talk about it on on the show when we when we get there and oh, see yeah. so this is like our time capsule yeah what do we our think is going to happen what do i think is going to happen before the, well, before the next one i think what will happen before the next one i will have my hair done yeah <laughs> i i think um now this is interesting actually david because i know that the government have said by july the second we'll be able to go have hair done have manicures pedicures and what have you yeah all things that i desperately need doing yes because <laughs> it's essential, you see. But um, perhaps not not my hair not my hairstylist, but I have been contacted and said, right, um, we've all all these people in in that those professions are getting COVID training, COVID nineteen training, which is great. Yeah. And they've all got properly set up. They've got their gloves. Their face protectors, proper PPE, as you would if you were going into hospital now or the dentist or what have you. Yeah. But there is something in my head that says don't book an appointment because we're not there yet and it would not be the right thing to do. And I don't know why that is mm. or, you know, this kind of gut feeling. So what I do know is by the time we do do a live broadcast altogether, I will have my hair done and I will have had a pedicure. <laughs> I might, might have had a shave by then as well. <laughs> I, I do think it's it's interesting. I think if if this is where it goes two ways. If we have our next show in three months' time, then we've not had the second wave yeah um we've managed to avoid it yeah if we don't have a second one uh, another show in three months time the doggy doo doo has hit the fan <laughs> <laughs> well yeah this is this is the thing isn't it if whatever 
when we do get to that part, what we will know is that we've survived it. Mm. And that's a big thing. You know, I was saying to you um, yesterday, everybody, or not everybody, but some professions have gone back to work. People have been encouraged to go back to work and come off furlough if they can. So I had lots of cold calls, which I told you about. But I wasn't emotionally ready for that. So we have both been working throughout this time period. And I thought to myself, well, nothing's changed. I'm working, I'm getting on, I'm doing accounts, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like I would usually do. I'm still having school governor meetings, I'm still having church meetings, but we're doing it online. Well, it made me realise, no, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, so so coming, out, coming out of this is, is emotionally difficult. It, it's, you think you, your life hasn't changed, but it really has. Mm. And um, did I say to you about KFC, uh, there's one open in Kings Lynn at the moment, the drive-through? Yeah, and I know they're, they're planning to open the March one next week. Yes. So lots of queuing, I get that. But a discarded box on the verge. Yeah. You yeah, know, I think we, we talked um, about this last time. We did, didn't we? Yeah. So you can't just go and pick it up. No. You but, can't say there's litter. Well, that's the only bit of litter that I've seen, but still. It's going to come back. I, yeah, I didn't like it. I really didn't like it at all. Yes, it, it's it does change how you deal with everyday items and that you normally you just see something on the on the floor and most um plant planet conscious people would would end up picking it up and just dropping it in the bin and you'll get those who automatically do that now anyway you know cigarette butts and stuff like that and you think you can't do that now you, you've got to do something a little bit more different. And that's something that hasn't even been talked about. You know, that's, you know, a cigarette butt that's been in someone's mouth who's got COVID, it's it's contaminated for at least 72 hours. There's potential traces on, on that, the item that's been discarded. And you are then putting it into the bin and you are physically touching it. And then, yes, you've got to wash your hands, but that moment when you forget... You know, and it's it's going to get back to a, a lifestyle where people just start touching things and, and um, handling stuff and forgetting to wash with hand sanitizer and stuff. And it's yeah, it's gonna. This is this is why we're saying that you know that there's so much potential for a, a second wave because it's going to end up coming through different ways that you wouldn't have originally thought. Yes, yes. Now. I would like to finish on one thing. It was a story that was written by Douglas Adams called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the entire population of the world died out. Do you remember why? <laughs> no, I just I just remember that the me- meaning of life is 42. It came, <laughs> it, it, yeah, that was that was part of it. The the reason for it was they'd sacked the telephone hand sanitizer the handset sanitizer it's all coming to be yeah because they were, they'd, they'd made the they'd got rid of the telephone set hand sanitizers um had been dismissed so they then germs then got onto telephones and all over the world everyone was using hand phones and then they all got the disease and died so even That's Douglas bizarre. Adams is uh, <laughs> predicting the future again. That is bizarre. Because people have now got mobile phones, and yes. they're, if they're not cleaning them properly, you could have an, end up having a dirty telephone. The world according to Douglas Adams. Again. It, it, again, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I thought I'd finish on that sort of interesting quirk. I think that's amazing. Right, well, I think that's it for us.
with uh, we've rattled on for for an hour or so. So I think it's time to uh, come to an end. Come to the end of the show. Come to the end of the series. Um, um, let's hope. Let's hope, David. We don't have to be in a position where we're doing number two. What second series? Yeah. Well, I mean, as in a second series of lockdown yeah. help, because that that would be a bad thing. Would mean we're in a bad place. I think if we do season two, I'm going to be in a, a gas mask and a and full PPE. <laughs> I think that if we get to that point, we are going to be in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Can you imagine the internet connection then? We'll have to do it with semaphore and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll need to get some help from Andrew Callahan. <laughs> yes. Series two will be brought to you with Morse code. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone being part of the show. It's been great to have you all, all there listening with us as well um, throughout this, this short journey. Um, hopefully we won't see you again, but if it does, then obviously things have gone horribly wrong. Thank you, Amanda, for, for being my my usual co-host and co-presenter, and you've certainly made this a very enjoyable series. Um, thank you, David. And so have you. Thank you. Lovely. I think it would have been so much different if I tried to do this on my own. But this was your idea. Well, I think I think that we came up with something quite good, didn't we? We did. Yeah. We got there in the end. We did. In the end. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say goodbye from me. Goodbye from you, David. No, you've got to do you've got to do it yourself. And it's goodbye from him. No. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, Amanda. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.